Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away From The Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name is Richie Rump, and with me I have my co-host, Cecil Phillip. How you doing, Cecil? Doing pretty good, Richie. And I want to welcome everybody to episode 11 of Away From The Keyboard. So how are you doing, Richie? Pretty good. My, me and my family, we just came back from the Space Coast where we saw the SpaceX launch and it didn't go so well. You mean the SpaceX explosion? Yes, the SpaceX explosion. It was uh, really cool to, to be there for launch. We have, we have never done that Um we actually have had, we've wanted to for a long time to do that. So we finally said, okay, let's go up and do that. And uh, they cleared some special bleacher areas over by the Saturn V uh, facility. It was very cool up until the point to where we saw the explosion. At about two minutes, 19 seconds into the launch, the rocket exploded. Now, at the time, we didn't think it did explode. We thought it was a stage one separation. There was only one guy in the crowd, you know, a buddy sitting next to me, and he said, uh, oh, that doesn't look good. And yet everyone around uh, just kind of applauded and clapped and said, hey, and figured, hey, we got a successful launch. And, and it wasn't until as we were walking away from the bleachers that we kind of realized as we were all checking our, our phones and our Twitter feeds that it didn't go so well. In fact, there was an anomaly that caused the rocket to explode. It was kind of a downer on the day, but um, the kids still enjoy their day at the Canyon Space Center, as they always do. But uh, I'm just really glad that no one was on the flight, that it was an unmanned flight. And the ISS has plenty of supplies for the next couple months, so there's no danger there. But uh, it was definitely an experience. I was luckily to cap- capture uh, the explosion on one of my pictures that I was taking with the telephoto. And uh, I'll post that on, on, on social media and it was very interesting to that you didn't see it with the naked eye, but you know you take it with the, with the picture, and you definitely see the explosion that was there. Nice, nice. Well, for me, I've actually been playing around with the Aurelia JavaScript framework, and I've actually found that to be a pretty you know pretty interesting developer experience. So Aurelia is actually based on leveraging a lot of the the newer web technology that's coming out. So, you know, ES6 and web components, you know, HTML templates, HTML imports, like that type of stuff. And so, you know, it uses Babel in the back end to actually, you know, surface some of these new technologies for browsers that don't support it today. But I gotta say for for a new framework, you know, it's it it feels very lightweight, very clean to me. Like I feel like I write more JavaScript code than framework code, if that makes sense. Right? Like it kind of hmm. just doesn't get in my way. I just, you know, write my classes, you know, I write my components and, you know, it just, the framework kind of just wires it up for me based on convention. So I've been really liking that so far. Cool. Yeah. I definitely need to uh, check it out. I've got some, some stuff I'd like to mess around with it. Top secret hush hush. Maybe not so much, but you know, Ah. if we want to call it top secret, we could do that. Well, you know, people like it when you have top secret stuff, but it makes them feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, I know. So in August, we'll be at one of my favorite conferences, Code on the Beach. I know you'll be speaking, Cecil, and I'll be speaking. But you too can join us on Code on the Beach. That would be held on August 7th through 9th at Atlantic Beach, Florida at the One Ocean Resort. If you register now and use the code AFTK, you'll save 75 bones. So who are we talking to today, Cecil? 
So today we're talking to Paula Valiente. So Paula was born and raised in Corozal, Puerto Rico. As an actress, she worked in commercials for Minute Maid and the Puerto Rican Lottery. She co-starred with Barlo Castillo Jr. in a short film called One Night Stand. <laughs> yes, folks, One Night Stand in 2013, which got to the short film corner of the Cannes Film Festival in France. That's a big thing. It's a big thing, man. We got a celebrity on our hands. Yeah. Her experience in modeling includes national campaigns, fashion editorials, and runways. Paula now lives in Miami where she's taking on a new adventure in learning how to code, which is why she's here. Which is why we're talking to her. So this episode was recorded on June 11th, 2015. And now our conversation with Paula Valiente. Away from the keyboards feature conversation. Uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna periscope where I'm at, <laughs> so you guys can see later that I'm sure, completely alone. Sure, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I was telling Richie, like, if you want to do that, what would be really cool is if if you send us the link to your periscope, and like mm-hmm. we'll tweet it out from um, from our accounts or from the podcast account. Okay. You want to do that? That sounds cool. If I I periscope. I just don't know how that. I mean, when Periscope, I think it tweets it, right? Yeah, it tweets it automatically. So, away from the keyboard podcast. Uh, All right. I think they're. The thing is, they're not going to hear you guys because I'm wearing headphones. Should I take. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. No, that's. (laughs) That's, that's funny. Fun. That's I, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's all about you concern. <laughs> <laughs> right? Two minutes silence. Ha 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 ha. Two minutes silence. <laughs> oh God, you guys are. But that's good because then they have to listen to the podcast. That, to, that's right. To hear your that's end right. of the conversation, not mine. That's right. Exactly. You, you know, if if yes. I think if if Cecil and I actually uh, periscope, it'd be like the most boring thing ever. <laughs> no, just standing in front of a microphone. Yeah, two guys on a mic. Like, what the hell are they doing, man? That's so boring. Yeah. It, it, you know, <laughs> damn it, Cecil! It's two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Are you guys Gosh. together? Are you guys? Jeez, man. <laughs> are you guys in the? No, no. We 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 have a significant no. others. I'm on. No, I'm on. no, I mean in the same room. <laughs> Are you guys in the same room? <laughs> we are not in the same room. No, um, I'm in Plantation and Richie's currently in, in um, Coral Gables. What? She, no. You're in Cor- no. Coral Gables? I, no, I, I, I do not pay that much for my house. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I live in the poor part of Pinecrest, which is called Palmetto Bay. Of oh, really? which I thought you lived Pinecrest, in, in Coral Gables. No, 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 no. So this way works. I live so, in Coral Gables. I live, oh, okay, I live cool. there, so I was when he said Coral Gables, I was like, "Well, I should have gone there and not have to." I know. Talk I know. to. <laughs> yeah, no, I I live in the poor part of Pinecrest, which is called oh. Palmetto Bay, and Pinecrest is the poor part of Coral Gables. So I don't I don't know places here still. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. I move with Google Maps because I've been here for like nine months only. I think I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Google so, Maps so, is your friend, man. Google Maps is the only map. It is. It is. So, so what made you uh, make a move? I'm assuming you're from from Puerto Rico, right? Yes. So another 
island of the Caribbean representing. Caribbean <laughs> people representing. I love that. Look, they're, they're everywhere. Love everywhere. it, love it, love it. Um, I moved because, well, I was modeling in Puerto Rico and I wanted to expand my modeling career. I wanted to do something different because I felt like I had already done whatever I was going to do in Puerto Rico. So I moved here. Also, I met my boyfriend, so we moved here together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, and I, I just loved it. So I'm happy so, I made that decision. <laughs> so Richie and I have absolutely no clue what it's like being in the modeling industry. Could you give us a little bit insight of like what was that experience like for you? Yes. My, it would be my pleasure to talk to programmers about uh, the modeling industry. <laughs> it sound like that. I mean, we're, we're just, I know, right? Gosh. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, I sort of stumbled upon modeling. Um, I mean, people always told me, oh, you should be a model. I think because I was so skinny. <laughs> people assumed, you know, I could be easily become a model. Um, but... What happened, the, the story is pretty interesting because I was doing, I was in high school in 12th grade, about to graduate, and we, were, we had to do this project where you had to imagine spending $30,000 um, traveling wherever you wanted to go. So I chose Egypt, and I decided to do my ma makeup like a Egyptian and take a picture with like a scarf. Covering my fur, my face was like a, a hijab, I think it's called, um, mm -hmm. right? And I've used that in the project, like the end of the project, blah, blah, blah. So I posted it on Facebook, and this photographer from my hometown uh, contacted me, and he said, oh, like, I love the composition and everything. You should uh, come and model. And my first reaction was like, wait, this is... This is weird, you know. This is how one of those uh, horror movies start. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> but I, I talked. Um, what I noticed is I think we had gone to the same church, and like my mom knew who he was and everything. So I just asked him, "Can my can my mom come with me?" Uh, he said, "Yeah, of course. Like, come. You can. It's in my parents' house, so it's totally cool." And he just took pictures of me that's and um i loved it it was completely different i mean i had done acting before in school um but it, you know nothing really big just theater class drama class but well i i just i don't know i think that sort of um brought something that i like to do and i didn't know i'd like to do it <laughs> Um, and then he sent it to this, uh, magazine director and he was really impressed and he said, you know, this girl has got so much, a lot of potential. I'm going to send this to these two nice girls that are just opening an agency in Puerto Rico. You know, they're top models and they want to open an agency. So they sent the picture to them and that's how I got started. I went to the agency, I took some modeling classes and from then on, nonstop. 
and you've you you were modeling for I guess for the last two and a half years mm-hmm. uh, for two and a half years in, in Puerto Rico. Yes. Well, I I took classes and within a month they the that agency signed me with them. And well, the first year in modeling, you you pretty much do everything for um, exposure. So everything you do is free. (laughs) 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 Um, But after that year, I started actually, you know, calling it a job Mm. because I was getting paid (laughs) for it. So that's actually pretty interesting. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess what I'm wondering, I always hear a lot of people have that model actress pair going together you know it's, it's it's an interesting pair and i wonder is it something that kind of just comes with the business or is it like a love for the arts that leads people down that route do you know to me well to me modeling when i model i it's sort of another person it's, it's like acting you know because i'm usually relatively shy and not at all how I am when I model. When I model, you're like, you got to be sexy and you got to be fierce and you got to be, <laughs> you know, uh, you go girl, whatever. Um, so it, it is almost like acting to me. I, I think that's how they relate, at least to me. And also with modeling, there come a lot of acting gigs come with it. So I did a lot of commercials too, and I did a short film that ended up in the short film corner in the Cannes Film Festival in France. That was in wow, yeah, that was in 2013. I did that, um, and it was that's the first, very cool. It was what's the name the, of that? Uh, what's the name of the film? It's a uh, Juan Nightstand. <laughs> 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 yes. So I guess you can imagine what happens in the short. Okay. In the short gotcha. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. I, I, I think that's the, the, the most interesting thing okay. that's ever been said on this podcast. Yeah. Sure. Well, the fun part is that I did it with this <laughs> actor from Puerto Rico that he's been doing novelas for ages. He's like 50. I don't even know how old he is right now. <laughs> but see, he's a lot older than I am. And my mom, sure. every my mom's friends, my grand, like he's like the sex symbol for them, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I told them I was doing a short film with me, they were super pumped. And then I told them, you know, I kiss him. I'm gonna kiss him. So, <laughs> so I was. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. So what I wanted to ask you was, so you and Richie, you know, you guys met previously at WordCamp in Miami. You know, and, and for those of you guys that are listening, WordCamp is it's like a WordPress workshop, you know, that they have, you know, that go through different aspects of, you know, if you want to get interested in, in you know, getting involved in WordPress or building plugins or, you know, just get interested in blogging in general. So, so what was one of the things that, you know, made you want to get involved with WordPress and blogging and, you know, doing that types of stuff? Well... I've been going to, we call it meetup school, pretty much. <laughs> um, do you guys know the app Meetup? Yep. Yes. I know, Rishi, you have a .NET Meetup on yep. there, right? Yep. 
Yeah, we have Dine in Miami, and uh, Cecil's a part of that as well. Oh, okay. We saw a meetup. They were announcing uh, WordCamp because of the WordCamp social they had in the Miami ad school, I think. It was mm -hmm. on Thursday. So we went to that, and we bought the tickets for the beginner's course. But really, I, I didn't really have any idea of how big WordPress was. <laughs> like, I thought WordPress was, was just like blogging or, and that was it. Um, and then I went there in the beginning. I think that's course. what everybody thinks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what everyone thinks. Well, yeah, Cecil, Cecil thought that way too until I told him our entire website of Away from the Keyboard is built on WordPress. Really? <laughs> So, so Cecil is not involved in the in the WordPress community. Uh, you answer that, Cecil. No, I don't. I don't get involved with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have, I have I, nothing against WordPress at all. I just don't get involved. There's, you know, that's okay. just there's just way too much going on over there for me. Really? Well, yeah, it is a little overwhelming. I have found. I went there, I, I really didn't have any idea of all the things you could do on WordPress um, and all the people involved. So I went on the first day, the beginner's course, and Said, I, I really don't want to say his, pronounce his name wrong, Said Balki. Said. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And Ta Dunbar, or Pirate Dunbar on Twitter. Pata. 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 <laughs> well he they were giving the beginners course and they were amazing and I feel like I learned a lot it was nine hours but it felt you know it went by really quick and then I was like you know I have to go to work camp this weekend so that day I went to my job and I officially quit and then <laughs> whoa whoa yeah so so what what was it? What was it um, about WordPress or technology that has kind of got you um, intrigued as far as learning more about it? With technology, I got involved in it because we had this idea, and we had this idea for an app. It's like a social fantasy game that we're still creating, and. You know, we, we were like, oh, okay, so this is what it's going to be and how it's going to be. And then we, when it went down to it, we were like, wait, how are we going to build this? <laughs> <laughs> um, do, what should we do? Like, what are our options? And the option was, okay, so we can outsource this and try to get someone to do it for us. I don't know how many thousands of dollars that's going to take. And we might not even understand what they're talking about because we have no technology or programming language at all. So then we decided, you, maybe, can we learn this? You know, we searched and, oh, we can learn this. Okay, so let's learn how to code. <laughs> so that, there you go. There you go. So that's how we got started with it. And, um, well, then I've been wanting to do a, a website for my father's jewelry line and that's how I when I saw that I could do it on WordPress and that I really didn't have to do a line of code that's what really 
got me going with it. You know, I usually find a lot of people when they first get into coding, at least within the past few years or so, they typically start with web technology, which is, is always pretty interesting. You know, everybody you know everybody wants a website or you know, everybody wants to build a web application and stuff like that. And you know, even with me I have a lot of friends that, you know, they want to learn HTML and JavaScript and CSS. And mm-hmm. which I think is what I think which I think is awesome and I'm I'm all for people learning more stuff. You know, and people adding another you know, another tool to the tool belt. You of know, course. Like, could you tell us like what are some of the resources you know, what are some of the resources that you use, for instance, to to help you, you know, get the knowledge that you need to you know, to start building websites and, and just learning programming in general? Well, we started in Code Academy to sort of awesome get website. us Yeah. To get us a little bit used to the language um, and the terms and all of that, I, you know, I still have a long way to go to learn. But I found I felt like it was a lot of a little bit like copy and paste. I didn't really feel I was uh, I was learning a lot except like basic, you know, except like oh, understanding the concept, but not knowing how to do it. So we started now team treehouse and i think it's so far so good at least i'm doing the business track so i'm still not doing the the coding the web application and all that um because after wordcamp i was so excited i wanted to start building the website i was i didn't really have a concept sure. of what a business is or the industry and and a business model and marketing and all of this so I had to take a step back and refocus. So now I'm doing the business model and the business plan and all that is currently what I'm into, which is weird for me because I'm not that type. I'm, a, I'm not a business type person. <laughs> I'm an artist. Uh, no. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so it's so it's a little weird and rigid and sometimes boring. <laughs> but it's, you know you got to learn new things. So I'm open to it. <laughs> um, you know, I've been a developer now for almost 20 years. Oh. And um, yeah, I know, right? Good. That's great. <laughs> <Hello? Yeah>. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 years. You know, and, and one of the things that I've run across, you know, time and time again with uh, developers is that they get so enamored and so caught up with the technology side mm-hmm. because that's what they're passionate about. They completely forget that we are in the business of creating business functionality. Mm-hmm. So they they don't learn the business. They focus on the technology, and they never really kind of make that con- that strong connection mm-hmm. of, hey, I'm supposed to build something that's supposed to make this business piece of functionality go, mm-hmm. and uh, not having both sides is um is really harmful for you know some of those those guys who are just hardcore one side yeah and uh you know and they kind of struggle they kind of struggle in the industry when when they don't get that yeah i I think if you don't know that business they can also take advantage of your skills if you're not careful i think that that's the good thing about learning the the business side to it too is so that your product you know, some people build, they're like, I have this idea and it's amazing and I'm going to do it because it's awesome. And then they don't research if there's a market for it. They don't research who are the big shareholders in that market. They don't research, even if the product exists, 
you know, some people come up with amazing ideas and they tell it to you and then you're like, yeah, that's this thing that already exists. Yeah, it's called Google. One of the things that I uh, saw on your, your website, you had a model turned coder. Yes. And is that still something that you're going to be, yeah, after you do all the, the, the business side of things, that's something you're still going to be uh, uh, attacking? Definitely. I think I'm going to focus more on the front end development side uh, and my boyfriend more on the back end so that we can be a cohesive team. And I'm I'm just I'm more visual and more you know, oh the colors and the images and drawing. I like all of that stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna be a model turn. Sure, that coder. makes sense. I mean you're the artist, right? So your exactly. your artistic side shows more on that front. Yeah. There it is. Yes, exactly. So I'm gonna trademark myself that way. <laughs> so have have you thought about any other formal sort of training? Uh, as far as being more of a coder or, or front-end coder? I have. I, I'm now in the process of trying to get into a, a school here called the Academy. I think I need structure when it comes to learning. I'm not really good at pushing myself to do it, I think. You know, I need to go to a place and sit with a, with a class and have a teacher. I think my brain works better that way than if I were to teach myself or command myself to do it how did you guys um learn wow we i don't think we ever talked about how we got started on the show yet cecil no i don't think we have actually no um i I guess i'll start with with me i i um i was a child of the uh the 80s and um i know right yes (laughs) feel so old (laughs) um But so I remember um, when we were a kid, we had gotten a Commodore 64 and I, I remember, you know, being the normal kid stuff, playing games and stuff like that on it. But I remember, you know, having this big programming guide book and always looking through it and trying to figure out what they were talking about. And then later, as I kind of got, you know, a few years older, would get magazines and type in certain uh, programs in, into it. And then it got to when I was in junior high school. Uh, I took a couple of programming classes and then I didn't do anything with it until I got to college when I took my first, I, I wasn't even a computer science at that time. I think I was computer uh, electrical engineering mm-hmm. and I took a couple programming classes as part of the curriculum and I, I just, I kind of got hooked uh, back into it and, you know, through a couple other major changes, I kind of settled back into uh, computer information systems uh, when I finally got to the University of Miami and, um, you know, hadn't looked back since. And, and and I think, you know, I really found, you know, my passions as far as, you know, what we I could do with technology just, and it wasn't the curriculum in colleges, it was the stuff I was doing outside. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, the, you know, me playing with Visual Basic 3, that's how long ago it was, my gosh. Um, and, you know, creating my own little games in Windows and, and doing all these, you know, cool little stuff. And it just kind of showed me the power of, of what I could do with technology. And right about the time I graduated was the the whole World Wide Web was blowing up and, and getting involved in, you know, some of that stuff. And uh, I have a really big love of learning. And in technology, you're constantly learning. Yeah. I mean, it's... It just doesn't stop. And I, I was talking with a, a 
colleague of mine uh, just today. The way he put it is like technology is like you're running, you're walking the wrong way on a moving sidewalk. (laughs) If you stop learning, you know, if you, you, if you just keep up and you just continue to learn and you're just walking, you're just going to stay exact where you're at. Mm -hmm. But if you stop walking, you're going to fall back and fall over. (laughs) You're going to be dragged to the back. That's right. And if you want to get ahead, you've got to run. You know, so um, which I thought was a was a great analogy, and it's really appropriate. And because the stuff that I was doing four years ago is not the stuff I'm doing right now, and the stuff I'm doing now is not the stuff I'm doing four years ago. And and a lot of the meetups I go, there's a lot of older older people that they did developing like in the eighties or like nineties, and they stopped for like a you know how I don't know how long, maybe five years or in the two thousands. And now they're like, what is all of this? You know, everything's yes. sort of new. Yes. Everything is new to them now. And they have, they're, they're going there to relearn pretty much. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what, what you have to do. And, that, and that's what I love about it. I love that I don't know everything. You know, I'm, and I'm constantly learning it. You could probably teach me something that I don't know that, that you've learned over the past uh, year or so. You know, so that, I mean, I love that aspect of it. Even though that I'm considered an expert in certain things about technologies, there's a ton of stuff that I just don't even know. And sometimes it makes, you know, me feel that I'm not adequate you know, that, that whole imposter syndrome that I don't, there's a whole, there's all this stuff that I don't know. Forget all the stuff I do know. It's like, oh, there's so many much more cool stuff that I don't. So what about you, Cecil? So when I started getting interested in computers, computers had color. And um, <laughs> I had... Nice. Burn. <laughs> Thank you. you know, I, Thank you. You know, Richie's just a little bit older than I am. You know, I... Monochrome for life, son. You know, I had a Windows XP machine when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> we had Windows 3.1 and we liked it. Oh, wow. um, well, you know, I, I'm, I played with the Game Boy that didn't have any colors, so I, I had know. one of those. I like those. I actually <laughs> yeah. appreciate those. I used to play Tetris like nothing else. You know, <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon. The, I played a little one. Pokemon too. I played yeah. some Castlevania, Metroid, Super Mario Brothers. I love Super Mario Brothers. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, but initially, you know, I wanted to get in, in I know I wanted to do something with computers. And mm-hmm. um, so my dad got a computer for the house, you know, and it was those days when you bought a computer and they came with all of these books. So we got oh, a yeah. computer and there were like five books. And one of those books was about HTML, you know, and how to build simple websites and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm flipping through it and I'm like, what madness is this? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. So I decided, well, you know, let me go through this book and see what happens. And, you know, one of the first exercises was to create a little paragraph and put your name on the screen. And so I I did this little thing. It, you know, took me, I don't know, maybe like five or six minutes. And I was like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that my name was on the computer. And I was like, get the heck out of here. This is amazing. Like, this is black (laughs) magic. (laughs) And so, you know, you know, is that moment when you do something cool and you want to call everybody? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm calling my dad, I'm calling my sister, I'm calling my friends at the phone. I'm like, dude, you need to come over here right now. I just put my name on the computer. Like, this is crazy. It's like, it's a little bit like, I've made fire. <laughs> right. It's, it's the most trivial little thing. But to me, it was mm-hmm. like, at the time, it was the most amazing thing in the world. I must have been maybe like 14 or something like that. Did, did you uh, call your computer Wilson? No, I didn't name my machines. <laughs> I, didn't. 
I did not. I don't. I don't name my car or my machines or anything <laughs> like. Um, but yeah. So so that so that was my first computer. You know. So you know, growing up in Antigua, we didn't have at the time computers in the classrooms. Coincidentally, like the year I left is the year that you know they they got a information technology course and you know brought in a whole bunch of computers. But while I was there, they never had that. So if you wanted to learn computers, you, you pretty much just, you know, your parents got a computer or you had a family member that had one and you went over there and you played with it, you know, which pretty much meant that you sat down, you played solitaire for a couple hours and then, hey, I know how to use a computer, right? Yeah. Minesweeper for life. <laughs> Mind solitaire, minesweeper, right? Like that type of stuff. This <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember when we got our first computer. And I don't, I mean, I remember dialogue very well because it was a pain <laughs> and connecting and the noise and right yeah but i don't even <laughs> i know okay the the techie people in my family were my brothers like my oldest brother went on to do like study mechanical engineering and now he's doing the master's degree on computer science they always had they had the nintendo 64 and then they had the next one and the next and the next you know they all, they had all the consoles, all the gaming. They were they were more geeks than nerds, I think. So <laughs> they were more into gaming, and and I just liked to watch for some reason. Um, watch. I also played with them, but I have fun like watching and watching them fight too because of the game. But yeah, so they were m- more the techie. I always felt like this wasn't for me. I had no idea I, I was going to be in, in this at all. I mean, I was modeling, for God's sake. <laughs> I didn't know that I could actually learn and understand computers in this way. It's definitely something I think anyone can learn. It's going to be hard. I know it's going to be pretty hard for me, and there's a lot of terms, things that I don't know, but but it's fun to learn, too. Very good for creative people, actually. So when when you go to these meetups and so which is really cool by the way you know I don't know anything about computers let me go and 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 meet people who do um, which is oddly enough what what I kind of do when I go to conferences and stuff <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what you're talking about but I'm gonna meet you so I, I <laughs> yeah. have questions I know how to ask is there a lot of times when you go there and you have like no idea what the speaker is talking about I think like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's what's that like? I know it's very confusing and all that, but at least listen. I write down the websites they're mentioning, the books they're mentioning, and I try to get an idea of what they're saying. I think I I almost get I always get I think the major picture, the little thing. I mean, I went to conferences in WordPress that I had no idea what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, I went to yeah. the uh, Sean Hopper was giving one. Uh, for the WordPress command line interface. Yeah, that was good. Well, he did a good job. Well, I went there. I sat down. I opened my laptop. I wrote down the first website he gave, and after that, I had no idea what he said. So, <laughs> so I closed my computer, and I went to the next. <laughs> I went to one that was about e-commerce. I think. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I think any conference attendee really that. You know, I found if I just sit there and I have no idea what the person's talking about or that person's not that good of a speaker and I'm not learning anything, 
I'm not doing myself any good just by sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to go out, go somewhere else where I can learn. And you know, there's something you just don't know sometimes from a paragraph of text about what a session's going to be about. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't glean from that. And um, you know, if that's not f- if for you, you couldn't decipher that. That's for you. Absolutely, go go somewhere else. Yeah. Go somewhere where you could learn. And in fact, when I give my presentations, I tell people. This is what we're going to talk about here. And if that's not good for you, please go somewhere else. <laughs> I want you to learn something. Yeah. Right? And, you know, the people that are going to be here who want to be here are probably going to give me a better rating than the people who don't want to be here. So <laughs> it's good for both of us if you leave. Things are so different than when, when I started in, in technology. Uh, you know, before it was like you had Windows. And, and that was... <laughs> That was it. You had Windows and then, you know, you had Unix, you know, somewhere if you were working for an enterprise and and that was pretty much it. And, you know, nowadays you have so many different programming languages, so many different operating systems, so many different devices and so many different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I could see how and that's one of the reasons we want to talk to you is we want to see your thought process and how you approach kind of all this tech soup that's kind of everywhere <laughs> and how do you get involved in all that and um and, you know, because I'm confused sometimes on where to get started. So if I'm confused on how to get started on a certain te- technology <laughs> that's new to me, how does someone who's never had any background in technology, yeah. you know, to do that? I'm still thinking, like, what's the best language? Like, is it, what's the best thing for me? Is it Ruby? Is it PHP? Like, what should I learn? Like, um, it's so confusing. I see a lot of coding uh, there's a lot of coding boot camps here. Or maybe not a lot, but around the United States and actually I saw I, I my mom texted me that there's a coding boot camp um starting in Puerto Rico too it's the first one um so that's pretty exciting that this type of of event is going to happen in the island because we usually fall up like we fall back like we, we usually don't get these things until like five years after they've been popular everywhere, everywhere right. else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's really sad too, you know, because I'd, I'd really love to see the Caribbean really grow from a technology standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said for years, I think the Caribbean is a perfect place for e-commerce. It's, mm-hmm. it's tremendous. Like the, you know, just the way that, that, you know, all of the islands are split apart, but still like the Caribbean is almost like a, multi-island nation right it's it's one nation with you know all these little parts that kind of mm-hmm. come together and you know with with the tour with tourism and with a lot of the natural resources and you know with all the little things that you know people make and and, and want to sell you know i think it's it'll be a tremendous opportunity for for us to do that type of that type of service you know mm-hmm. whether it's building mobile applications or websites or anything like that i mean because there's tons of intelligent people there it's really just a matter yeah. of giving them the opportunity to get what they need get on computers or tablets or you know smartphones to write and test applications on you know give them the resources they need for them to try and build some of these experiences and you know again just improve the quality of life and you mm-hmm. know for the, for the country in general yeah i mean puerto rico I mean, I can only talk about Puerto Rico because that's the only sure. place I, I've, I've lived besides here. That's um, fine. You're in the Caribbean too. I know. I, f- I find that there's so much talent there, but the the phenomenon that's going on in the island is that people are graduating and they're leaving Puerto Rico. So 
because there's not too many workshops like we found here. Like, for example, Meetup, um, there's not something that connects a community like that in, in Puerto Rico. And everything is so different from from here. I don't know. It's people are young people are just, you know, packing up and, and leaving and and leaving with their skills and their talents which is pretty unfortunate. So I'm happy that this code trotters, code trotters, yeah. And uh, apparently there's going to be grants for people to study um, there, uh, scholarships, I think you say in English, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I hope it gets the exposure it needs because um, I haven't seen it that much online being announced. Yeah, I, I think the the big driver of all these code schools and uh, other type of um, venues for you know non traditional students to learn technology is really a benefactor or because of a, what they call a technology gap mm-hmm. in in inside corporate America, where we have all these technology jobs. Good for guys like Cecil and I, you know who got a four-year degree in computer science and have been working in the industry for 10 plus years and, and all that stuff, that, that there's lots of jobs for us. But the problem is, is that there's too many jobs and there's not enough people coming out of colleges to fill that gap. So you're seeing a lot of these type of uh, alternatives to, um, to, to teach uh, folks how to, how to program and how to do all this other stuff. Uh, from a technology perspective, mm-hmm. the the real problem, and I'm going to put another hat on, on on because I um, used to be a hiring manager for five years. I was a, a project manager, and my big problem was for me to bring them on. I would essentially have to teach them the rest, right? Uh-huh. And it's a significant investment for me as an employer to take someone who's fresh out of one of these code schools or academies. Mm-hmm. And really teach them, you know, how our software development methodology works, how to use source control, you know, uh, how to do proper error handling and logging and, you know, all these things that over the course of my career that I've learned mm-hmm. and a professional developer and a professional coder does. Okay. You know, and those are the type of things that, you know, they don't teach. And it's not just them, it's colleges too. Um. Colleges don't teach it either. You know, so it's not like you could go to school and they'll they'll teach you, oh, this you need to do, be doing this, this, and this as a professional programmer. It's like, no, you, when you get into the job, you learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wasn't in the position as a hiring manager to, to do that. I'd, you, I was always looking for someone with two or three years worth of experience. So then I know they, they've got that mm-hmm. essentially, you know, covered. And I think that's the catch-22 with a lot of corporate America is that they don't want to put that type of investment into a junior or they don't have that type of time program. <laughs> yeah. Pr- or time or program uh, or, or even, you know, um, money to invest in those people or they've been burned because they've invested in those type of people, given them a chance and they've done their one or two years and then they go off and get you know, a lot more money somewhere else because they now they're all of a sudden they're marketable because they've got that experience under mm-hmm. their belt. So, um, you know, I'm really hoping that corporate America has a change of mind and a change of heart on how we, you know, get more people involved in the industry and um, really train them to be, you know, I'm only saying because I'm a developer, uh, to be a professional. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's a whole separate track that that we could go so, on. So um, you might recommend doing a fellowship or or internship or something like that to sort of continue learning oh, after the school? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we you have to continue learning after school. In fact, even when I was in college, I did, I mean, how many internships did I do? <laughs> I think I did three internships in college. <laughs> and, um, you know, one was at... Uh, and they were both Fortune 500 companies. Oh. Uh, one was actually with Walt Disney World. <gasps> I did two summers with Walt Disney World. Oh, cool. Yes, it's just as cool as you would think. Okay? <laughs> you're, 20, you're 20 or 21 years old and you have full security clearance to all Walt Disney World? <laughs> yeah, that that was me. It's like I had, instead of going to lunch, we actually would go to Tower of Terror and ride a couple times and then we would go back to work. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And because I had the security clearance, I could go park wherever I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, not there were people who was working there 20 years that didn't have the kind of clearance that I had because of the I was doing PC land support. Right. And I was helping people fix computers and do all that stuff. OK. But I had to go where the with the computers were. And so I had to be able to, you know, go anywhere on the park, uh, any on the property. And uh, that was really cool. I mean, as a. 20-year-old, still in college, seeing how an organization of that size works, seeing how I was on two project teams and they were multi-million dollar projects, seeing how the people interacted with one another and how the project ran and how the code actually got written and all the meetings they had to go through and all the discussions <laughs> and all this other stuff, you know, I really learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I think those type of experiences are, are invaluable for you know, people getting into the industry. Did you notice how big it was at at that age? Did you could you acknowledge what while I'm learning so much? Um, you know, it it's such it's been such a backwards viewpoint that I had. You know, coming out of college, you know, you even still in college, I knew I was one of the top students in my program. Okay. You know, uh, not because I was smarter than everyone else, but because I I mess with you know the technology more than anyone <laughs> else. And, and you walk out of that, you know, and you're a big fish in a little pond, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And what you don't know is what you don't know, right? All you know is that you know. And, you know, now that I'm 20 years removed from all that, I know that I don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I forget that I know a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm always, you know, looking at, man, I'm just inadequate at all this other stuff, I forget that I'm completely an expert in all this other stuff that I've learned over the last 20 years, <laughs> you know, and it's a really weird turn of events uh, from when I was, you know, in college to where I am now. And it's just a different place of being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. was just, it's just been very strange to come to that realization over the past, you know, couple of years and, you know, trying to market your socks since I, I'm a, I work for myself and as a as a consultant mm-hmm. and trying to market yourself as a, as an expert but you kind of your emotions and your feelings are telling you but I don't know a lot of stuff you know I but don't you know do, about but closure exactly as like, I don't know closure and I don't know this and I don't know that hiring probably doesn't know that you don't know that stuff <laughs> well I, I mean okay. I'll tell them straight out yeah I don't do that you know <laughs> yeah. it's like I haven't done that before but I'll learn you know but I haven't had hands on experience with that and you know I think that you know, when you're interviewing, you're talking with people about this stuff, just be honest Mm. and, you know, just say, hey, look, I haven't done that yet, but I really would like to learn, Mm -hmm. you know, and and if you're just honest with people, 
they're, they're going to appreciate that because I think one of the worst things that I've seen as um, working in technology was there was a new database guy that it was, I didn't hire him. But <laughs> I'm, I'm washing my hands of this. Uh, but they had, uh, the organization had brought in this this kid and he was fresh from college. He six He'd graduated six months prior and they were going to give him a, a, a chance. And they went off and uh, he just didn't work out, you know? And it, it just it just didn't work, and and the, the the organization was they were they didn't want to bring anyone else young after that, mm. right? Because they attributed to his youth and not you know him mm. being an idiot, you know, <laughs> and not and not and leaving work early and not doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know. Oh. Yeah. So you know you know just just being honest and and telling people what you don't know and not lying about it because essentially they they caught him in a couple of that stuff too. Oh. It's better to be uh, upfront about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned closure, right? You, yeah. you mentioned uh, one of the meetups I went that I really didn't understand what you're saying was uh, is it Cocoa Heads? I don't know. It was a meetup about closure, but they were, you know, I didn't really understand the coding because they they. They had slideshows, but he was talking about testing and some ways that you can, you know, constantly t test your your code while while you're writing. And so at least I learned that from the that meetup that you know always test so you don't have yes. to go back and fix the line when it something goes wrong and all that. Yes, sure. Like I'm not a very big fan of testing and. I could definitely tell you it's one of one of the most important things that you could probably ever do with as you bring building up your company and building up your product and you know building your games and stuff like that like it's it's almost essential. Mm -hmm. um, but even to that point too, you know what you'll always find is you go to these different meetups about closure or Node.js or Scala or whatever the case is, and you may not always understand the syntax of the language. Mm -hmm. But what you will understand or what you might get from it is a concept, right? And the concept might yeah. be, like, again, testing is important or you might understand, you know, um, design patterns. You might understand, you know, how do I handle exceptions? You know, how do I build mobile applications? How do I work with HTTP? And even though the language is different, the concept is pretty much the same. Like, how do I do security and all these types of stuff? Mm -hmm. And, you know, all you see is you see that the solution from a different perspective, and you see different ways of kind of working the same thing. And, and what you can kind of do is, you know, pick and choose what works for you in your particular case, in your particular application, and kind of put that together and, you know, see see how you could craft your own, you know, way of doing things. Yeah. One of the meetups I went that I really understood more and had the most fun was... Uh, it was Mac Games Meetup, and we were using Maya and Unity to create games. That sounds um, fun. Yeah. It, it, That's not fun. It was a really quick introduction to it, but I was enjoying it so much. And my, my boyfriend, he enjoys more the other stuff. He's, like, more technical. When it came down to the games and the graphs and all that, he was so frustrated, and I was just like, Wee! you know, that, that's my my terrain <laughs> to explore and that's really interesting <laughs> yeah. you know because you know your your creative mind and your creative spirit 
you know, is, is just naturally leading you down that path of the visuals and, mm-hmm. you know, the 3D modeling and, you know, the web front end, which I think is interesting. And, and, and what I hope will happen is, you know, that same passion that you have for your art will turn into the same passion that you bring into this, this new, these, these new skills that you're trying to develop. You know, and, and I'd really like to see how, you know, in a couple of months and even a year or two from now, like, what does that really become for you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I am really excited about it too, definitely. I want to create stuff already. <laughs> so yeah. are you continuing to modeling uh, now or have you officially retired? Do, do you, can you retire? Is that, um, is that a word? I do models retire? I, I don't know. I think they do. Well, usually when you get into modeling, they tell you like, when you're 28, you're done. You know? Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> you're, you're old. Um... But I think what happened to me here is that I, it's like, you know, big, li- big fish, little pond. And then what happened to you in, in college, Rishi, um, or after college? <laughs> uh, so I was in Puerto Rico and I was top model and I was, you know, working every week, many times a week, doing all that stuff. But I came here and, you know, there's a lot of competitiveness and they mostly... I went to some agencies. They told me I was uh, short, too short. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I really didn't try a lot, and now I'm caught up with this. But I definitely want to keep modeling. My store and my business is jewelry, so I want to model that. Of course, I'm definitely gonna model that. My my dad's jewelry. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world for modeling. But for now, it's on pause. Well, you can only do yeah. so many things at a time, right? Like, yeah. you, know, right, you know, you did the modeling and now you're trying to focus on, you know, building this product and building this game and getting a website up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and for me, you know, I, I think it's a good focus for you to have personally. No bias at all, yeah. of course. No, 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 we have no bias. That's no, <laughs> no. I mean, I, what I like about it is a, a little bit sort of an, an artistic relief modeling for me that more than a job or a hobby it was it was that way of expressing myself so you know i miss it in that sense that last time i modeled i did a campaign for uh novus shoes was the a big um shoe store in puerto rico and i did um that was in january uh so i had to fly back to puerto rico because they wanted me to do it and i i went there I'm gonna at least I feel like with developing and front end developing I I find that you can also express yourself through that channel your creativity through developing which is why I liked it and why I was so surprised by it too I thought it was all technical and all math but in reality you can really express yourself with it yeah, one of the things I'd like to, to have in some future shows is probably showing the different sides of being in technology. You know, because mm-hmm. cause not, not everybody, you know, sits and writes, you know, hardcore algorithms, right? Like some people, again, some people do design, some people do testing, you know, some people, you know, work on, on some type of automation, you know, work with servers. I mean, there's tons of different things you can do. Some people are program managers or product managers, whatever the case is. Like, there's a lot of different pieces of it that you can get involved in. Um, and I think some people are intimidated by the fact that they think, 
oh, I have to be like super good at math. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think I think why math is important though is because it it helps it helps foster a problem solving mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to solve problems is important. Yeah. You don't always have to be math problems, but problem solving is important. And you know, once you you know, people that are good at math are inherently good at solving problems. Which, you know, if you're gonna so be good at programming, you're gonna have to be good at solving problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm, not saying, <laughs> I'm saying it helps. I'm saying it does help. Though. No, I bet it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not sure because I'm not good at math. So mm. <laughs> I was just so scared by it and then disgusted by that. But now I have. I have to. Like I'm going to therapy. I'm. I'm going to couples therapy with math, and we're trying to build our relationship again. Out. We're trying to work it out. Yeah, I got you. Well, you know, I'm in your corner, man. I hope you guys work that out. Man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was great talking to Paula. We want to thank her for coming on the show and sharing how she's transitioning into technology. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com or on Twitter at AFTK Podcast. You can subscribe to the show via the website or on iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, you can comment and rate us. And if you really want to know what makes us tick, sign up to our newsletter where you'll get behind-the-scenes access to Away From The Keyboard. Next week on Away From The Keyboard, we'll have a conversation with Kendall Van Dyke. He gets a little spacey. Space. (laughs) The final frontier. These are the voyages of Away From The Keyboard. It's continuing mission. To seek out technologists and whatever else. Far and wide. Across boundaries and dimensions. To tell their stories. And to boldly go where no technologist or podcast has ever gone before. to thank you for listening to Away From The Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK Podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Hasta luego! Okay, sure. So what I was saying, you know, so just yesterday, 
we had a conversation with with Matt from LaunchCode, and you know I really like what they're doing in terms of you know the mentoring and you know really just trying to help foster new developers and you know just being able to put them in a position to be successful. You know, putting them in front of companies, and you know, having them, you know, pitch ideas for stuff they want to build and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. one of the things I I also think that we should we should do as as seasoned developers, and particularly for me and Richie, is to really try and help you know people that are new that are coming into this industry, people that are switching from other um, other types of work, or you know, even students really try and help them foster their talents and, you know, just lead them down the right path. Hey, you have a candidate right here. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that. (laughs) Um, um, We actually... Sure, that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) We... Well, I've gone to the launch code activities, if you should call them that i mean we went to the because they're hosting on or maybe miami Dade college is hosting them but they they have the uh is it edx the um the class from harvard yes um cs 50x cs 50x yes yeah the edx stuff uh yeah yeah um and we went there, and it was yeah. they had this huge room with I don't know how many hundreds of people and a lot of projector screens, and they were you know showing how the class had gone the first semester. They even had a DJ there, which is kind of weird. DJ Irene. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the graduate <laughs> DJ Irene. <laughs> <laughs> one of it was one of the students DJ, but <laughs> oh. oh man! But but <laughs> they they were showing the videos right of how the semester went, and one they had two surprises, and the surprises were like Harvard is coming to the class, blah blah blah, and it was the actual professor, the one who teaches the class. Uh, he went to Miami-Dade College, and he, and he brought a DJ with him. <laughs> See, if I'm a professor at Harvard, I'm bringing a DJ with me, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, as, as like a live DJ as my theme music. Yeah. You know, that's... <laughs> we were just... We we were a little weird out. I was like, what is this? <laughs> the, you know, it's obviously more... I felt like it was obviously catered towards younger people because there were older people there. But I think they were really confused about what was going on and why there was a DJ and a puppet also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the in Miami Dade when they There's a puppet. When they <laughs> I'm not kidding. When they're giving the class, they have a puppet that looks like the Harvard professor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's different. So um needless to say we didn't apply for that. Um, because I don't know if I wanted a DJ and a puppet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a party pooper. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. 